Today is Cole Bryant's birthday, and Cole, we love you, man. Thank you for all that you do, and we wish you a very, very happy birthday. It's also Valentine's Day, and so happy Valentine's Day to everyone. And uh, maybe you're like me, depends on where I've been in my life, that sometimes I love Valentine's Day, and sometimes I absolutely can't stand it. I think it depends on how we're doing in the romantic relationship department. And things are going well, we've got a boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other, spouse, and and we love today, and we love celebrating the love between one another. Uh, but if we find ourselves lonely, uh, not in a, in a relationship, not in a healthy relationship, uh, then today can be a tough day. I remember one of the best cards that I ever got when I was single was an anti-Valentine's Day uh, card because I had just gotten uh, broken up in a relationship and just didn't feel the love for Valentine's Day. And one of my friends gave me that. It just it made me feel good. So... Wherever you are today, know that God loves you, and we're going to celebrate some love today. And so uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And I was thinking about Valentine's Day and, and our series, Fresh Start. Uh, I just want to encourage you to use today as an opportunity to think about uh, a fresh start in our relationships. Uh, maybe that is a romantic relationship with boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other spouse. Maybe it's a relationship with family member. Maybe a parent-child, a grandparent-grandchild, or cousin, or brother-sister-sibling kind of a thing. Maybe it's a relationship with your neighbor, somebody that you live around. Maybe it's someone that you go to school with. Maybe it's someone that you work with. That's kind of hard to be in a loving relationship with, if you know what I mean. And so today, I just would encourage us all to really think about one person uh, that we could have a fresh start in our relationship with. And so I'm excited to explore that together with you. We're going to dive into the Bible and see what advice and good news God has to offer us as we think about a fresh start with our relationship. So which relationship is it that God might be calling you to work on and to have a fresh start with? Well, I want to dive back into the Gospel of Mark. We've been there through most of this series. Mark is a gospel uh, gospel means the good news of Jesus. It's in the New Testament. It's actually the first of the four Gospels that was written down. And we have followed Jesus and his 12 disciples really around the early part of their ministry. And they've been in the area, in the northern part of Israel, around the Sea of Galilee. It's this huge lake, and there are these rolling hills. It's just a beautiful place to be. And they've gone from town to town. And as they've done that, Jesus has taught with authority He's taught about scriptures, he's taught new things, and just impressed people. Uh, Jesus has healed people, he's performed miracles, and he and his disciples in the early part of the ministry, again, kind of like rock stars. The people are just following them around and want to be with them, and, and the disciples have been faithful in this, and they've followed Jesus, and they've learned, and they've been a part of something bigger than themselves. And, and today we're going to see more of a human side of the 12 disciples as we are still in the northern part of Israel, we're going to go back to the town of Capernaum where Jesus did all kinds of miracles. And let's pick up the story today as we think about a fresh start with relationships. Let's look at the friendship between Jesus and his disciples. Uh, and we'll be in Mark chapter 9, verse 33 and 34. So they came to Capernaum, and when Jesus was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because of the way they had argued uh, about was, uh, who was the greatest. Because on the way, they argued about who was the greatest. So the disciples, 12 disciples, have done great things with Jesus, but now we see kind of the human side of them. They're arguing about, well, which one of us is the greatest? 
And they were embarrassed about that. They didn't want to voice that to Jesus. And we're going to see later in the scriptures, they, they do kind of broach the subject with Jesus, saying that they want to be the greatest. They want to sit at the right hand of Jesus at the end of time. And, and this kind of shows the human side of the disciples. They, they've been doing their fair share of helping other people and feeding other people and helping teach other people and doing good things for others. And now we see the side of it of, well, what's in it for me? Right? I'm one of the disciples. I'm putting myself out there. Right? What's in this relationship for me? And that in and of itself might not be the worst thing in the world, uh, but it, it does in this kind of context seem a little bit selfish. Right? So in our relationships, I think healthy relationships were taught in Scripture and in life that there's balance. There's give and there's take. Right? We, we give of ourselves to others and we receive love back from others. But sometimes we can get this out of kilter. And sometimes in our relationships, uh, we can just twist that. Instead of give and take, sometimes we just take and take. Or we know people in our lives, our friends or family members, who, who kind of take more than they give. You've probably encountered that in your life. Maybe it's a friend, somebody that you work with, someone you go to school with. And the only time that, that you see or hear from them is when they need something. Right? When the phone's ringing, when the text message is coming up, and you see the name on, on the caller ID, and you know, oh, this is so-and-so. They just want something from me. Right? That's not a fun place to be, that when we're always giving and giving and giving, and all they're doing is taking and taking and taking. You, know, you have a conversation with someone like this, and, and it's, it's never about you. Right? They never ask how you're doing, never ask you any questions. They're just talking endlessly about themselves, and then they, they hang up at the end of that. Right? Have you ever encountered someone in your life who just kind of drains you? Like you feel like a vampire's got a hold of you. But sometimes I think if we're honest, sometimes we're that person. I know that I've been that person. And instead of give and take, I've taken way more than I've given, and I kind of feel like the disciples. And, and sometimes in our lives, if we're honest with ourselves in our relationships, uh, we're all about what's in it for me. Now, we might not voice that out loud uh, to ourselves or around anyone else, but it's there down inside of us, right? Down deep inside of us. And so as we think about a fresh start relation with relationships, are there relationships in your life where you tend to take more than you give? And maybe that's one of the relationships that God might be calling you to work on. Which relationships in your life might you be taking more than you give, where, where it's all about you rather than about being about the other person? Well, let's stick with Jesus and the disciples. We're going to stick in the Gospel of Mark. We're going to fast forward, and we're going to see uh, someone who comes up to Jesus and asks him a question. It says, Jesus, there's 613 laws that we're supposed to follow as Jewish people in our religion. And I just want to know which one of those is the most important, right? 613, that's a lot. What, what's the most important thing? And Jesus says, well, the most important thing is to love God, right? To love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. Love God with all that you have, right? And, and that might be an emotional thing, but more so it's, it's the way that we, we respond, the way that we act towards God, right? Love God is the first and greatest commandment. And then Jesus adds a second, a bonus commandment, right? The second most important commandment. So let's see what Jesus says in Mark's gospel is the second most important commandment from Mark 12, 31. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Remember that, love your neighbor as yourself. So when God's talking about love, when Jesus is teaching us about love, the first thing we're supposed to do is to love God, right? God's the primary relationship, 
And from that primary relationship, then we are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And when Jesus talks about neighbor, Jesus means anybody that we come into contact with, not just who lives next to us, right? Neighbors are, are people that we come into contact with in our lives all the time. And Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, Jesus makes an assumption here. Jesus assumes that we have a healthy love for ourselves. So the people that Jesus was talking to, especially any of the religious leaders that were around, uh, he was saying, you need to not only love yourselves, but to love others as you love yourself. Jesus is saying, like, most of the audience that he's talking to, they have no problem taking care of themselves or loving themselves, especially some of the religious leaders that were in the room or, or who would be hearing this. They did a good job of loving themselves. Uh, some of them just didn't do a good job of loving other people. Right? And so Jesus says, if you really love God... Right? You, and you love yourself, then you're going to love other people like you love yourself. Right? So Jesus assumes this healthy self-love. And we should love ourselves because God created us in God's image. Right? There's goodness inside of us. God has plans for us. God wants us to live life to the full. God wants us to make a difference in the world. Jesus died on the cross for us and came back to life. There's a lot to love about us because God made us in God's image. Right? And, but at the same time, some of us have a hard time loving ourselves. And sometimes we don't do a good job of that. We, we see all of the negative, and we don't feel very strongly about ourselves. And, and sometimes we don't take care of ourselves. We don't take care of our bodies. We don't take care of our emotions. We don't take care of our souls, our, ourselves spiritually. And, and, I, and I think when we're in that place, to love your neighbor as yourself is going to break down. I know that sometimes I've not been in a healthy place in my own life, and if I was to love other people the way that I took care of myself, that would be bad news, right? So to love yourself, I think Jesus is saying here, he's assuming right, that we have a healthy love for ourselves. And if you don't have a healthy love for yourself, right, if you need a fresh start with yourself, right, we talked about that last week. I'd love to invite you to go back on, online on our website. To, you can go back and watch what we talked about last week. If you need a fresh start with yourself, then you can check that out. But I think Jesus is saying, don't just get stuck on yourself. Right? The way that you, you care for yourself in a positive way, you want to share that with other people. So what does that look like to love other people, to love our neighbors? Well, Jesus continues to give us some advice and some help with that. So we're going to stick in the Gospels, right, the first four books of the New Testament. We're going to shift from Mark over to John, right? John's one of the 12 disciples he was with Jesus, and he's going to show us something else about what Jesus teaches about love as we celebrate that uh, on Valentine's Day. So let's pick up with the words of Jesus in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. A new command I give you, says Jesus, love one another as I have loved you. Right? Hang on to that. We're going to come back to that. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So Jesus says, I've got a new command for you. Love one another. Now, if the disciples were sarcastic, like I could be sarcastic, they might, well, Jesus, how is that a new command? You, you said, right, the top two commands are to love God and to love our neighbors as ourselves. How is loving one another a new command? But remember what he said, as I have loved you, Right? Love one another. So Jesus is giving us an example of what it looks like to love people. Well, how did Jesus love us? I think Jesus did several things. One, he showed us that he chose to love us, right? 
Love is more than an emotion. In the Bible, right, it's an action. It's the way that we treat one another. Right? So Jesus says that love is a choice. Love is an action. It's something we can do. We can love people that we don't even like. Remember, Jesus says elsewhere, love your enemy. Right? So we can love people with our actions when we don't even like them with our emotions. Right? So Jesus is all about an action. It's about a choice. Right? And Jesus, he also showed us that love is unconditional. That means that there are no strings attached. Right? A lot of times in our lives, we say, well, I love you because you're gorgeous, or I love you because you spend money on me, right? There are conditions, there are strings that are attached. Jesus says, no strings attached, no conditions, I just love you. I love you, right? That's just powerful that we, we just love people, right? They're image of God, made in the image of God, daughters and sons of God. That's enough for us to love people, to treat them well with our actions, right? Jesus loved sacrificially. Right? He gave of himself for others with his actions. Right? He was constantly taking time to give to others, giving attention to others, giving what he had, his words, his ability to heal. And then, of course, he gave his very life. Right? So Jesus gives us a great example that, that we are to look at the interest of others and to meet people's needs uh, that have needs in life. Right? So don't just love and focus on yourself right? Love your neighbors, love one another as Jesus has loved you. This is powerful, right? This is practical. This is, this is God talking about what love looks like, not just for romantic relationships, but for all of our relationships. But sometimes when we talk about that, loving people and making it a choice and making it an action, it can still feel kind of abstract, like it's an idea, it's out there, I sort of get it, I sort of don't get it, right, it's a little nebulous, so what does it look like to love people in everyday life? Uh, what does that look like? So I, I just, I want to share something with you that's helped me really think about what it means to love others in ways that they appreciate and connect with, and this came to me from uh, a powerful uh, book that I read, but now it's, it's websites, it's all kinds of stuff, there's a Christian teacher, a Christian professional counselor, Dr. Gary Chapman, that came up with an idea through his study of, of people about how we truly love each other, how we experience love, how we give love to one another, and how it makes sense. And he calls it the five love languages. Uh, we've got, there's a website here, you can go to fivelovelanguages.com. It talks all about it, right? It's, it's, a, it's about romantic love, it's about parental love, grandparents loving, grandchildren is talking about how we love our friends. Right? So it, it goes beyond just romantic relationships. It's about how people are wired to love each other. And so listen to what he says and, and see if you get as excited about it as I am because it, it really helped me in all of my relationships when I heard what Dr. Chapman said. Uh, and again, he is a Christian. He follows Jesus, and I think God is working through him in his ministry. And so basically what Dr. Chapman says is that on the inside of every person, you can imagine like there's this, this empty tank, we'll call it a love tank. Maybe it's, it's your heart, right? That's, that's, that's where you, you, you feel love and experience love. And Dr. Chapman says the trick is that there are different types of fuel, love fuel, that fills that tank up. And we've got to figure out which fuel goes in whose tank. Right? Another way of saying it is it, there's different 
languages. We all speak a different language of love. And to truly let someone to, be, to receive and feel loved, we have to speak their particular love language. So there's five love languages that we can speak. There's five like, uh, love tanks inside of us that, that we can fill up. So just think about like with your car. And when you drive up to the gas station, right, your car, some of us have, you know, unleaded gas. Probably all of us have unleaded gas. But there's different types of unleaded gas, right? There's the basic. There's the mid-grade. There's the premium. Also, at gas stations, there's a diesel pump. If you put the diesel pump in an unleaded uh, tank, what's going to happen? The car's not going to go anywhere, right? I, I pulled into a gas station before, put my credit card in, pushed the button, stuck the arm into the... Uh, into the, my, the tank of my, my Jeep, and uh, I realized before I pulled the handle, one time I grabbed the diesel one by mistake. You know, thank goodness I didn't like put a whole bunch of diesel into my, my car. It would have ruined my engine, so I put it back, did a re, you know, canceled the, the transaction, did the whole thing again, and got the right fuel into my Jeep. So the same thing happens with people about love, right? We all receive love in a different way, and we've got to have that tank filled up in the right way. So let me, let me share the love languages with you. Let's look at what that fuel is. And I want you to think about, like, which one of these resonates most with you? Uh, and maybe think about somebody in your life, which, who do you see resonates with, with these love languages in your life? So let's look at the first one as an example. Okay, so the first one is words of affirmation. Right? So some people, the only way that they're going to feel loved is when someone else says nice things to them. You look wonderful. I'm so proud of you. You did an awesome job. That was an amazing solo that you just played. Right? That, that's an incredible artwork that you, that you were able to crank out. I'm so glad to have you in my life. I appreciate you. Right? For some people, the only way that they'll feel loved, right? the only way that their love tank's going to be filled up, uh, is if someone says words of affirmation to them. So is that your love language? Is, is, is that something that you need in your life for others to say good things to you? One of them is words of affirmation, right? Another love language or love fuel is acts of service, right? Some people only feel love when, when other people in their lives do nice things for them. Oh, wow. Right? You got up this morning and made me breakfast and brought it to me in bed. I'm just so grateful for that. Right? Or, or, or your, your children, right? You got up and you cleaned up your messy room without me having to ask you. That means so much to me. I'm so glad that I don't have to do that or have to get on you and remind you to do that. Right? Acts of service. Doing nice things for people to say, hey, I love you. Is, is that maybe your love language or your love fuel? Another one, receiving gifts. Uh, a lot of us probably can identify with receiving gifts. A lot of us like to re receive gifts, right? It, uh, this could be an expensive gift. It could be a new car. It could be a new house. Or it could be, you know, something simple, like simply writing someone a note. I, I just appreciate you, right? Just, uh, I saw this card. I sent it to you, right? A dozen roses, right? A little box of those candy hearts, whatever it is, right? Some people's love language is receiving gifts. And it doesn't have to be extravagant. It's just the thought that counts. Another love language is quality time. Some of us, the, the best way that we feel loved is for the people in our lives to, to stop and spend time with us and to focus on us. So, hey, let's go for a walk together. Or, hey, let's get everybody around the kitchen table. Let's play a board game together, right? What is it, right, quality time? And I think a key to quality time is we... 
we've got we to turn off our phones, or we've got to put them away, or close the laptop, or walk out of the home office. And, and quality time is about being one-on-one together, or, or whatever the group is together, and just spending that time focused on each other, or doing something that you enjoy doing together, spending quality time. Then the final love language, or love fuel, is, is physical touch. Right? That could be holding hands, to uh, having a child or a grandchild sit in your lap, to getting a hug, or you know, getting a big smooch from your sweetie. Right? Some of us feel loved when there's physical touch involved. Now, if there's like such a thing as love languages for pets, this would be my dog Bella's love language. She loves to sit in my lap, lick my face, all that kind of stuff. Right? And so human beings love physical touch just as much. Right? So there's, there's five different love languages. And the trick is to figure out what's your language. Right? If, if you want to feel loved, do the people in your life understand that? Right? And also to figure out right, the people in your life, if you want to show them love, it, it helps to speak their love language. And we all probably have two or three of these love languages. And probably in an order. There's probably a primary love language, a secondary love language. Right? Tertiary love language, right? What, you know, one, two, and three. I did not know the fancy words for fourth and fifth love languages until Chris Bedell, right, our uh, uh, director of student ministries, uh, told me after the first service. He said that, like, your fourth, number four is quaternary, and number five is quinary, right? So what's your quinary love language? Now I knew a whole new vocabulary word. Thank you, Chris, for that. That's really cool. But this is important, right? And let me show you how. If my love language... It's words of affirmation. I need to hear those words of affirmation from people in my life, like my wife. It would help for me to hear, like, hey, Kyle, I love you, care about you, you're doing a great job. That, that would feed me. That would fill up my love tank. Right? And if, if my love language is words of affirmation, then I'm probably going to naturally just assume that that's what everybody else in the world's love language is. And so if I'm talking to my wife, Laura, then if, if, if her love language is words of affirmation and I'm saying words of affirmation, then, then we're going to connect. But if I'm pouring out my heart, you know, giving all these compliments to Laura, but her lo- primary love language is not words of affirmation, uh, if her primary love language is acts of service, then I can talk till I'm blue in the face and she's not going to feel that I'm, I'm, I'm loving her because I'm not speaking her love language. Right? And that can lead to some stress in relationships. Honey, I, I don't feel close. What do you mean you don't feel close? I am pouring my, my guts out. I make every effort that I can to speak kind words to you. Right? But if that's not her love language, then I'm just wasting my time. I'm wasting her time. So it's important right, to know the love languages of people in your life. Right? And Dr. Chapman you know, has resources. You can take these surveys or whatever and figure it out. Uh, but I think a lot of times it's just common sense. I think if, if we know people... We probably know that, you know, I, I could talk till I'm blue in the face. It doesn't matter. But if I don't give them a gift, right, they're not going to feel appreciated and loved, right? So it's important to line up what that love language is. When Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, I think he means that we, we treat ourselves well. We should treat our, our, our neighbors well. But how we do that's going to look different, right? Some of them are going to need quality time. Some of them are going to need words of affirmation. Some of them are going to need... Uh, you know, acts of service. And so when we figure out the right love language, when we figure out the right love fuel, and, and that's what we offer them, then people are going to feel loved, and we're going to have a better start with that relationship, right? A fresh start in that relationship. So what's your love language? And what's the love language of the people in your life? And are you able to speak that love language to them? And are they speaking 
that love language to you. Maybe this is a new vocabulary that you can use to talk to each other about having a fresh start. I just really don't feel we're connecting. Well, maybe we're just speaking different language. Maybe we're just using the wrong fuel. And maybe just with a slight adjustment, right, just a slight adjustment, man, it could change your relationship, right? That, that's pretty cool when you think about that. So what? What's the point? What's the big idea? What's the takeaway today? As we think about love, I think this is what it is, right? When it comes to love, we don't need more advice. We need more examples, right? When it comes to love, we don't need more advice. We need more examples, right? We've got all the advice that we need, right? We've got Jesus. We, we read what Jesus said today, right? Now I've got this great information from Dr. Chapman, right? I, th I think we've got a good start for this, right? right? What we need now is more examples. We need to practice it, right? Don't just talk about love. Don't just theorize about love. Put it into action, right? Put it into action. When it comes to love, we don't, we don't need more advice. We need more examples, right? So as you think about a fresh start with relationships, right, this is something that we can do, right, to apply that, right? Fill up someone's love tank this week. I want you to, to consciously think about one person in your life where you need to maybe restart that relationship, get a fresh start with that relationship, right? Think about their love tank, right? What kind of fuel do you need to put in that tank? Is it words of affirmation, right? Is it uh, gifts, right? Receiving gifts. What is that, right? And, and to fill it up, speak their language, speak that love language, right? And I think if we do that, right, great things can happen. Dr. Chapman writes about some amazing things that, he, that he's seen, like even marriages that were teetering and getting ready to fall apart and heading towards divorce, like he, he, wrote, he wrote about how this, like just one of the spouses, right, began to speak the other spouse's love language, didn't tell him, like, hey, this is what I'm doing. They just did it, right? If it was words of affirmation, they just started speaking words of affirmation every day, right? And that, that relationship began to turn around, right? And it opened up the door for that relationship to be restored, and it opened up the door for them to make some real progress. And, and, and it started simply with an action, right? This is their love language. I'm going to speak this love language. I'm not going to put a big billboard out there. I'm just going to do it and see what happens, right? And God worked through that, right? And it was the start of something that turned their relationship around. You can get a fresh start, right, in your relationships when you speak the right love language, right? When you fill up the tank with the right love fuel, right? And what if we, what if we all did that? What, what if we did that? What, what, with our neighbors, with our family, right, with our marriages, with our, our, our dating, right, with our friends, maybe, maybe somebody at work, maybe somebody at school that you just don't get along with, right, maybe start, right, right speaking their love language, just, just see what happens. Now, it probably should go without saying, but I just want to clarify, right, when it comes to the love language of physical touch, be very careful, okay, so, uh, the, our pastor told me I need to, to physically touch you, right, no, no, that's not what I'm saying, okay. Right, this, this needs to be in the right context, in the right way. Don't get into any trouble. Uh, and remember, there is a pandemic out there. But I think you see what I'm saying, right? Find out what the love language is. Speak that language. Fill up that tank. And just give it a shot, right? Just pick one person and fill up their love tank this week. And just, just see what happens. As we think about God right, and, and how God loves us, right, right, how Jesus speaks our love language, right? God God loves you so much right, that he left heaven and he came to the earth and he died on a cross and he came back to life, right, so that you and I can feel loved, so that we can know that there's goodness inside of us. We can know that God wants us to live life to the full, right? If Valentine's Day is a hard day for you, if, if you're feeling lonely right now, if you're feeling unloved, 
then just know the good news of the gospel of Jesus. God loves you. God loves you so much because God made you in God's image. You are beautiful. You are special, right? There's goodness in you. God has plans for your life. God wants to give you life to the full. God died for you and came back to life so that you can live life to the full now and live forever in the kingdom of heaven. That, Jesus gives us the best valentine of all. Right? He gave himself. Right? And if we can just take some of that love that Jesus shared with us and share it with others, then this world will be a better place. Right? As we think about Valentine's Day, as we think about a fresh start with relationships, to know that when it comes to love, we don't need any more advice. We just we need more examples. Right? So fill up someone's love tank this week and have a very happy Valentine's Day. Let's pray about that together. Gracious and ever-loving God, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for coming from heaven and living on the earth and teaching and doing miracles, God, but not just stopping there, but that you sacrificed your life on a cross and came back to life so that we know that you love us. That even when we do wrong things and we have guilt and shame in our lives, you still love us. You died for us. You you give us a fresh start where we can be forgiven and we can release our guilt and our shame and encounter joy and peace, Lord, and that we can live lives that are full, that we can live forever in the kingdom of heaven. God, thank you for loving us that much. And thank you, God, for putting people in our lives, family and friends and significant others, people that we work with, people that we go to school with, people that we live around. And that we all have been created with this desire to love you and to love one another. And so God, give us wisdom as we think about what language it is that we need to speak to someone. What fuel that we need to put into their tank, God, so that they can feel love. So it's not just a, what can I get out of this relationship, but what can I pour into this relationship. So thank you, God, for your example. Thank you for your advice and your teaching. Now just give us wisdom, God, and the courage to love others as you have loved us. In the holy name of Jesus, we pray today.